Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Hear Our Voices. Thank you for coming today to listen to our podcast. So I want to tell you guys, can you please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are on all the social media sites trying to give you good content that can help you or your friends or family's lives. I hope when you're listening, you can probably sit back, get a snack, work out, whatever you prefer. I prefer a snack, I'm just saying. <laughs> Maybe a little popcorn, a little drinks on the side, something like that, you know. So our guest today, well, we have one person, I, you know, who's coming on to tell us about her story. And before we even get into that, we have a panel coming up at the end of October. I hope you can come in and join. We don't have a date yet, but we will be giving that out soon. So you have to follow us on Twitter and Instagram because we are updating those things all the time so once you you know come on there be a friend maybe you want to find me k did davis on instagram or twitter you know my facebook is down right now but it's all right <laughs> it's down right now but right now i'm gonna introduce introduce you to ashada i feel like i pronounced that way wrong but you can always correct me and she's gonna tell you a little bit about her life and the journey that she's on right now because right now she's I'll make her get tell you about what's going on right now. So anyway, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into shelter? Hi, yes. So I had went into the shelter um, in 2018 because my living situation was bad. Um, and then they basically kept denying me because they said I couldn't prove that I was homeless. So I went back to the same situation um, and then I had went upstate, um, COVID happened and the world was shut down. So I came back to New York to the same situation, New York city to the same situation. And, um, yeah, and it just got worse. So I decided to leave because it wasn't healthy for me and my daughter. Um, there was also overcrowding. And so that's when I entered the shelter um I saw a bunch of your videos um to find out what was happening with PATH and everything if it was the same process um and I just decided to take the leap of faith for me and my daughter got it so what you talking about you said watch my videos if you don't know guys I do YouTube so um I tell people about, I do a lot of different things on YouTube. I do a lot of vlogging. It's Khadija Davis on basically all platforms. No matter where you look for me, just Google it, to be honest. And um, I tell people about my life. If you don't know, hi, guys. I used to be formerly homeless. That's why I, I'm the person in charge of this podcast. I'm not just telling people, um, asking people about their stories and their life. I tell you about my personal experience in being homeless and being a homeless mom because um, they have diff the different type of homelessness. You could be street homeless. You could be a single man, single woman. You could be a youth. You can be a couch surfer. Um, different part of homelessness, and it could also be in family, of course. Different parts of homelessness, homelessness make you eligible for certain vouchers and certain things. Usually, I feel like probably who gets the least amount of things, probably a person who's going home to home because there's no way for DHS or the system to kind of follow you. When you're in the system, as in um, you're, and I feel like street also feel like they get money, but because they don't, there's a street, there's no really like paper trail. I feel like when you're in a single or men's or family and youth, it's easier to follow you because you are, it's a paper trail. They have a number that they give each person. And 
that number follows you no matter what system you go into. So it's easy to follow you there. So I tell people about my experience because I want to help people. Um, at first, I was kind of nervous putting out the, my first video about me being homeless because I was doing videos when I was in the shelter, but people didn't know I was in the shelter because all you see is a background. You don't know where exactly it is. I have a video out with me um, showing my actual shelter place. At first, I didn't want to put that out either, but then I was doing an interview for somebody and they wanted, like, do I have videos of me in the shelter? And I was like, I, I should put my channel first before I give it to somebody else the rights <laughs> to do certain things with my, my personal life and experience. So um, that's what she's talking about. She actually saw me at my daughter's school at the time. Well, she didn't go there anymore, but she saw me and she recognized me from there. And that's how I actually met her. And, um, but yeah, so that's what she's talking about. So I'll try to explain certain things. If you're new here also, the families go in New York City, they go through PATH, which is basically where the families go when they have, when they're, you know, homeless in New York City. So, yes. Um. Can I ask you what problems you are having? If you if you mind going into that with your family members? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of overcrowding. Um, basically, my mother and my uncle they have other people. It's a two bedroom, and it, so it's that, and then they have spouses that live with them. Um, and one of them particularly just made me feel uncomfortable. Um, just he was in and out my life, just like mentally abusing me since I was younger. And I didn't want the same thing for my daughter. Just people throwing my stuff out, touching my stuff, me and my daughter's stuff. Um, just yelling at her. So it was just a lot of mental abuse on both our ends. And um, yeah, that's what led me to go back to PATH because the situation got worse. So I don't know if you want to get into what they're putting you at a path before I get into um anything else. When you went to path, where do they put you? What section of path that you um got accepted for? That makes sense. Um, well, they they really didn't um now it's phone calls before they would have you meet with specialists. But um, now it's just a phone call, basically asking what your situation is. Um, and then they placed me within like an hour and a half after the first phone call, basically asking me what happened and everything. And then um, I would I had to send in my documents the day after. Um, and that's when they find you eligible or ineligible. Um, and they're trying to, they were trying to classify me as DV, but um, that hasn't been done yet. And it's been like two months now. Oh, wow. That's a long time. I didn't know it was that long to be honest. I thought it was like, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe a month. I didn't think it was two months at all. Yeah, over two. Yeah, like I went in the 8th of July. No, August. Yeah, August. Yeah, so it's been about two months. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so I was missing um the phone call from DV. um And because uh, I would be on the train going to work and it's really hard to get in touch with somebody. Um, so I would call, call, call the number back after I would get off work or on my lunch break and they don't answer. And then you call path and they don't answer. So um, when they want to see if it's a DV case, they connect you to Nova. 
Yeah. Um, so that's who I had to have the interview with, which I had the interview about two weeks ago, and I'm waiting to hear from them still to oh. see if they're gonna classify me as DV or keep me like move me to DV shelter or keep me where I'm at, which is a regular family shelter. So when you went to like so you didn't have to go to Pat at all, or did just you just got a number from somebody saying this is what you should call to go to? Because that's how did you do it? Whenever I'm found ineligible, I have to go back to PATH. Oh, go to the actual building? Yeah. Okay. When you initially started, did you you, mm -hmm. didn't, did you ever go to the building itself? Yeah, I went to, oh. yeah, that's where I went to PATH. They asked me my situation. I filled out the forms, basically, um, you know, your name, your, your child's name, the last address you was at, why do you need housing, um, emergency housing? Um, and then they say, okay, go upstairs to the third floor and you're going to wait for a phone call. So you're not actually meeting with anybody, but you have to stay in the building for a phone call. And then they'll tell you, go downstairs to get placed, which I was placed in about an hour and a half, maybe a little less after the phone call. Um, yeah, and then... I've been here ever since. That's very unique. I think a lot of things changed, honestly, because of COVID. Because I've never, and I've been through PATH many a times myself before COVID. Mm -hmm. And I'm there all day. You get there for the morning, you're leaving at night. Like, it's pitch dark at night, 11 to 12 o'clock at night. You're leaving with your kid. Your kid is hungry. Um, They give you food there, but it's not the, like, Right, and it's not even like right. like oh pizza yes. school. It's like a sandwich. <laughs> I think you have food because you might, you might get a good chips if they if it's good that day. And if you have a baby, they give you like pampers and milk. They give you those things like lunch meat is great. <laughs> right, but um, it's now because of COVID. I guess they don't want people to have um in person interactions for safety for health, which makes right. sense. They are doing a lot of things through the phone. So what if a person doesn't have a phone? What do they do then? It's kind of that's kind of I have no idea. But you <laughs> they ask you, do you have a working phone? And I say yes. Um, and you gotta be able to answer those phone calls throughout that whole day. So I think I had a series of three phone calls, but it was basically the same and questions with why do you need um housing what's your situation your info like for you and your child or children and basically yeah it was a series of three calls i guess they were for different departments i, I think it is because when when i yeah. was in there they they be asking you the same questions but it'd be different people asking you the same questions like right i want to see where you're gonna slip up at like no i'm homeless i just exactly. need help like you're trying to do all this programming i'm telling you i don't got a place to go i need to go somewhere just help me but they want you to go like an hra plan i'm gonna go through this especially because it's dv as you said mm -hmm. they go to nova which i thought if you're part of or they want you to put in nova they'll automatically put you in a dv shelter and not in a regular shelter which is weird all by itself um it's, it's, it's very interesting in it. DV shelters are very strict from what I hear. I found out yesterday from Destiny, if you guys heard that um that one already with that podcast, but they have a lot of rules and a lot of restrictions because it's a DV shelter and because of safety of yourself and others who are in the actual building kind of thing. It's very, very strict. You think a shelter is strict, they are strict, strict, which is understandable, you know? Um, 
but it's just interesting. All right, first thing, as you might know, I'm recording this in October, which is Domestic Violence Month, and it's crazy to me. Granted, anybody could come and say I could, um, somebody's verbally abusing me. I guess because they want proof, and people might take, um, might take advantage of the system, which I understand because a lot of people tend to do those things with, um, different things like this, you know, even with the welfare and all this stuff. So I understand why they make it so crazy just to get in these programs, but. If a mother and child comes in and I feel like it's not like she's a, a recurring offender of this, you know, but she did try to go in before they wouldn't take her. It's like, where do you think I should go with my child? And it's just, it's, to me, it's just like kind of crazy. Um, I feel like you should listen to this person and really see, do you have like text messages of this person being, you know, certain things to you? Because verbal abuse is still abuse, guys. And people might not think it is because you're not getting hurt. Domestic violence comes in many different ways. And verbal financial um physical mental these are all forms of abuse and if that's happening to you you need to get out of that out of situation before it can become physical and that you could actually lose your life because of it so just be aware of um people around you people you have in your circle people you're kind of forced to be with because you can't do any better but i know the shelter is not the best place to be but if you can get to a shelter a safe haven, a place that can really help you. Try to go in those places because that's what they're set up for, to help a person like you. And the thing about it, with when it's not physically, it's hard to prove. Physically, it's easier to prove because you can see it. But a mental abuse, unless you record it or keep a text message of it actually happening, is much harder to prove. And in her situation, a lot of vouchers she just can't even go for it yet. If she might qualify because she's not... um she's not eligible so if you don't know guys they have a 90-day rule in shelter and they have also um eligibility rule the eligibility rule for saying oh yes you can be placed in a shelter you can get help is usually 10 days before covid and honestly they did it kind of more than that before covid but that's that's neither here or there they stand at 10 days right so after the 10 days they say if you are nay yay or nay after that if it's nay you Use before COVID, you have to go back to the shelter and do all this paperwork. Now, because of COVID, they don't want people, all the germs getting, you know, around and cleaning and all the stuff. They make people, families stay in the shelter, but they have to go through the process over again or do a fair hearing. These are the steps you got to take. So people think that, oh, you get in the shelter, you get in there, one, two, three, you get an apartment. No, that's not how it happens. It's a process. Some people can go in there for a short amount of time and get out, but most time families are staying there over a year and change. That's the average mm -hmm. amount for families. I, don't I have know, yeah, and I have yes. read that um that people are less families are going in, but more people are staying longer. Yeah, with COVID is even longer because of everything happening and rent going up, and then vouchers and people are not taking the vouchers even less now. So it it can be very stressful. So it's not mm -hmm. if you think you, the shelter is going to be an end all be all. It's not. It takes time, it takes patience, and it takes a lot of advocacy for yourself. Um, in the situation, so. Once you get accepted into shelter, there's a rule that you have to stay there at least 90 days. And mind you, a person can get, as you said, it's about to be two months. So 90 days is usually approximately three months. <laughs> That's usually how it is, unless you get like 31 days in a month or so, depending on, you know, how that works. But an average, you know, most majority of the time is three months for 90 days. That's how it usually adds out to, right? Because she got denied all these times, her 90 days don't start until the they accept her into shelter. Because of that, she's gonna be in shelter even longer and our tax money gets waste 
even longer on her. That doesn't like waste, but we're helping her and her family. But you know, because she has to stay in shelter longer, she can keep on getting denied. We put more money into the system to take care of the family. That's how it goes. Because HRA pays for the rent in shelter while she's there. That's how it kind of works out. So I want you to like to really understand this dilemma of things going on. That's why groups like I work with and stuff like that are trying to eliminate the 90-day rule. Because even after the 10 days she get accepted, when it finally should happen, after 90 days, like she had to wait 90 days, 90 days to even get a voucher is ridiculous to me. And she could have got out. Uh, uh, she works. She's not a person who's not working. You know, she works. She has her, her daughter and she could qualify for certain things. But with the 90 day rule, she got to stay in there even longer, which makes no sense. Um, But yes. So because you haven't got accepted yet and things like that, how has it been going? Have they been giving you help with anything? Well, n- no. Um, I've basically been trying to you know, I, I'm trying to figure things out on my own. Um, I found something, well, Path had told me about the floating hospital and I went there for um, just a checkup, a regular checkup, because I haven't been there for a while and I've been using their resources. But as far as the shelter I'm in, there's only two people handling cases and there's four floors, about 11 units on each floor so that's not really enough people to help and um so it's hard to get in touch with them because like if I'm working nine to five and they leave at five we only can correspond through email and I can't really do nothing if they don't answer the phone or answer an email or if I take a day off, I lose money. So it's been really difficult just getting resources. Which is, that's to me, that's crazy. First of all, they're supposed to have more people on staff than that, but I know there's a staffing shortage. Some people might deny it, but the fact is that people are not getting stuff because there's less people on the job. So that makes, you know, sense. Yeah, one, one, of, the, one of them told me that there's because there's not enough people they had to, the director had to fire fire someone so it's literally only the director and then another person working they need staff overnight too because if example you're working nine to five you, like you said you take off a day just to do this you lose money plus it's just not it's not good overall you know what i'm saying like you need to work to be able to get save money to get out but you can't do that if you need to also try to get help and they're not there. They should be there overnight. They should have staff who's there after five and maybe a, a worker on a weekend. I'm not saying every weekend, maybe every weekend, because right now they seem like they're backed up. You said four floors and they need people to be working. That's basically about it. Like, it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Yeah. And then it's like, then I have to go back to PAP. And that's another thing I have to drag my daughter to. Like, we're in Queens. She goes to school in Brooklyn. And then we have to go to the Bronx when we're found ineligible. That's crazy. So it's like, if it's not one thing, it's another. And do they, I know before, but they had changed it. I don't know if you're back. Do you have to have your daughter with you out of school that day? Or can your daughter stay at school? While they told me, they told me that it's best to bring her because honestly, Depending on who you get, they might ask, where's your daughter, you know? 
Right. So I went by myself and they asked and they're like, oh, you have to bring her one time. And then I was like, you know, last time I didn't have to bring her. Can you just please see me? And I got lucky then. But ever since then, I've been bringing her because I don't want to take that chance. And then another person tells me, no, you have to wait till she gets out of school or something like that. To me, I know when COVID was like in the prime of it all, they were saying that kids don't have to go and things like that. To me, it's kind of crazy that kids have to get to go through this ordeal. Mm-hmm. It's a stressful mm-hmm. life that they ever have to go to this place and um, taking her out of school. Why would you want to mess with her education? I don't understand. Yeah. Children are a future. You claim this, these things in a third. Why can she not stay in school? And, and it seems like compared to other processes, it's much more faster from what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually go through it, but I'm going from what you said because you're the mm-hmm. one at the moment. Why did she have to be there to take a phone call to be like it doesn't make sense to me. Right. She's not adding up. Why remove her from a place that she's safe? She's getting proper, like, you know, not the best food, but it's still better than what they're giving her. Instead of it, I don't know. Something is definitely, definitely wrong. And it doesn't make any sense to me that it's happening that way. And it another thing is it doesn't seem to be set rules. Because if one person, like, there's no set rules. One person can say one thing, like, oh, you don't have to bring her. And then another person be like, you should, because some people will say no. I feel like it, it, there's no bar or system in place for both shelters and PATH. Because some shelters have different rules. Because I have went to the shelter before. And, you know, they were very just, like, beyond time and this, that, and the third, fire drills. And he, the one I'm in at now, they, they don't even check the room before you come in. Like, I had bed bugs, and my place was filthy. I, it's, it's crazy. It's because different entities own different shelters, and mm-hmm. they, and that's the thing. That's like, PATH can't even do nothing about it. It sounds so bad, but I feel like, as you said, all of them should have the same rules and regulation. Because mm-hmm. this organization is run differently and by different people and different entities and things like that. That's why that happened. So tell me a little bit. Hi, guys. Thank you for coming to this week's episode. Come in the week after next because next week is ha- um, Halloween. Sorry. <laughs> next week is Thanksgiving. So we're actually not dropping a video for that day. So um, you can come back the week after and you'll hear the story of or the part two of the story. So thank you for tuning in and see you next time. Bye.